Good morning, friends. Today is Tuesday, the 14th of July. Our readings for this morning are Psalms 26 and 28, Joshua 2, 15 through 24, Romans 11, 13 through 24, and the Gospel of Matthew 25, 14 through 30. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us, through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, Let us bow down and bend the knee and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God, and we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 26 Vindicate me, O God, for I have walked in my integrity and I have trusted in God without wavering. Prove me, O God, and try me. Test my heart and mind, for your steadfast love is before my eyes, and I walk in faithfulness to you. I do not sit with the worthless, nor do I consort with hypocrites. I hate the company of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O God singing aloud a song of thanksgiving and telling all your wondrous deeds. O God, I love the house in which you dwell and the place where your glory abides. Do not sweep me away with sinners, nor my life with the bloodthirsty, those in whose hands are evil devices and whose right hands are full of bribes. But as for me, I walk in my integrity. Redeem me and be gracious to me. My foot stands on level ground. In the great congregation, I will bless God. 
To you, O God, I call. My rock, do not refuse to hear me. For if you are silent to me, I shall be like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplication as I cry to you for help, as I lift up my hands toward your most holy sanctuary. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who are workers of evil, who speak peace with their neighbors while mischief is in their hearts. Repay them according to their work and according to the evil of their deeds. Repay them according to the work of their hands. Render them their due reward. Because they do not regard the works of God or the work of God's hands, God will break them down and build them up no more. Blessed be God, for God has heard the sound of my pleadings. God is my strength and my shield. In God my heart trusts, so I am helped and my heart exalts, and with my song I give thanks to God. God is the strength of God's people. God is the saving refuge of God's anointed. O save your people and bless your heritage. Be their shepherd and carry them forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Joshua, chapter 2, verses 15 through 24. Then she let them down by a rope through the window, for her house was on the outer side of the city wall, and she resided within the wall itself. She said to them, Go toward the hill country, so that the pursuers may not come upon you. Hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers have returned. Then afterward you may go your way. The men said to her, We will be released from this oath that you have made us swear to you. If we invade the land and you do not tie this crimson cord in the window through which you let us down, and you do not gather into your house your father and mother, your brothers and all your family, if any of you go out of the doors of your house into the street, they shall be responsible for their own death, and we shall be innocent. But if a hand is laid upon any who are with you in the house, we, will bear, we shall bear the responsibility for their death. But if you tell this business of ours, then we shall be released from this oath that you made us swear to you. She said, According to your words, so be it. She sent them away, and they departed. Then she tied the crimson cord in the window. They departed and went into the hill country and stayed there three days until the pursuers returned. The pursuers had searched all along the way and found nothing. Then the two men came down again from the hill country. They crossed over, came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him all that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, Truly God has given us all the land, has given all the land into our hands. Moreover, all the inhabitants of the land melt in fear before us. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 13, a Song of Praise Glory to you, sovereign God of our forebears. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple. On the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths. In the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Creator, Incarnate, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Reading from Romans, chapter 11, verses 13 through 24. 
Now I am speaking to you Gentiles, inasmuch then as I am an apostle to the Gentiles, I glorify my ministry in order to make my own people jealous and thus save some of them. For if their rejection is the reconciliation of the world, what will their acceptance be but life from the dead? If the part of the dough offered as first fruits is holy, then the whole batch is holy, and if the root is holy, then the branches also are holy. But if some of the branches were broken off, and you, a wild olive shoot, were grafted in their place to share the rich root of the olive tree, do not boast over the branches. If you do boast, remember that it is not you that support the root, but the root that supports you. You will say, branches were broken off so that I might be grafted in. That is true. They were broken off because of their unbelief. But you stand only through faith. So do not become proud, but stand in awe. For if God did not spare the natural branches, perhaps God will not spare you. Note then the kindness and the severity of God, severity toward those who have fallen, but God's kindness toward you, provided that you continue in God's kindness. Otherwise, you also will be cut off. And even, of the, and even those of Israel, if they do not persist in unbelief, will be grafted in. For God has the power to graft them in again. For if you have been cut from what is by nature a wild olive tree and grafted, contrary to nature, into a cultivated olive tree, how much more will these natural branches be grafted back into their own olive tree? Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle M, A Song of Faith. Blessed be the God and Creator of our Savior, Jesus Christ. By divine mercy we have a new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, we have an inheritance that is imperishable in heaven. The ransom that was paid to free us was not paid in silver or gold, but in the precious blood of Christ, the Lamb without spot or stain. God raised Jesus from the dead and gave Jesus glory so that we might have faith and hope in God. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 25 verses 14 through 30. For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them, and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. 
And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him, and give it to the one with with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. Help us, O God our Savior. Deliver us and forgive us our sins. Look upon your congregation. Give to your people the blessing of peace. Declare your glory among the nations and your wonders among all peoples. Do not let the oppressed be shamed and turned away. Never forget the lives of your poor. Continue your loving kindness to those who know you and your favor to those who are true of heart. Satisfy us by your loving kindness in the morning so shall we rejoice and be glad all the days of our life. O God, mercifully receive the prayers of your people who call upon you, and grant that they may know and understand what things they ought to do, and also may have grace and power faithfully to accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, Sovereign Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive far from us all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.
So this morning, I want to talk about a few things that, that struck me about our readings. Some common themes here, and that's outsiders and roots, or, or maybe that's like fringes and sources. I don't know, but something along those lines. So in our, in our Psalms this morning, the psalmist, and these Psalms are historically attributed to David, but the psalmist speaks about walking in his integrity and doing what he believes to be the right thing, even in the face of the evildoers and asking God to be vindicated. And maybe I'm stretching it a little bit to fit in with the rest of them, but I do think that there is there is a feeling here that walking in our integrity often makes us the outsider. And so we, we do come to God who sees and who upholds us even when we feel alone and isolated in our integrity. Rahab, in our Old Testament reading, was herself an outsider. It, it tells us that she was living on the wall itself that was the boundary of the city. And she is helping outsiders. And there could be an argument here about, you know, is this self-preservation or is this integrity? But I think there's an argument to be made for integrity that she sees the action of saving, saving these people, even though they're the invaders or will be the invaders as, as acting within believing to, she is doing what she believes to be right, even though there is great risk if she's found out, you know. Um, and then she and and Joshua's men, they uphold their promises to each other. They both rely on each other for safety and protection and care. And they keep those promises. And, and their story is told, you know, over all these centuries. And I think that's so important. I think... I think often, all too often, in our culture, there is this, I think there's an actual term for it, but I can't think of it at the time, but, you know, when, when we're down and out, then we're buds with the others who are down and out, and we help each other, but when something happens to lift our fortunes, we forget about or are ashamed of those others who are outsiders. And I think that that's happening here in America. We must remember that the native peoples were here first. We were all outsiders and we must have both responsibility and also compassion for that. It is crazy hypocritical to me to think that those of us who were once immigrants and outsiders ourselves are now shunning, abusing, and, and basically not, not doing right by, not upholding God's mandate for those who are now in the same position that we once were. And unfortunately, that's not an uncommon truth. There's often disdain for those who were where we have come from. And I think it is because we recognize 
and fear our own plight in those others. So we've got to walk boldly towards that um, anxiety we have about becoming disenfranchised. We've got to stop acting from this mindset of scarcity because there is enough grace and blessing and resources to go around and we'll find that we use it more efficiently when it's more evenly distributed. And that kind of brings me to our New Testament reading where the, um, I'm sorry, I was about to skip ahead. Yeah, I guess I will skip ahead to the gospel. That brings me to the gospel where, where the slaves are given the talents And the one that invests his, that overcomes that scarcity fear mindset and invests his makes more. So when we, we are good stewards of everything that we have been given, time, talent, treasure, it multiplies. Like, what's it going to take for us to learn this? And I know it's overcoming like a basic survival instinct, right? To hold on to that, which, which is ours. But, but it's really not the way that we were made. We were made to be a communal people. We were made to share amongst each other. We were made to leverage our individual and unique gifts to together be co-creators with God of something beautiful and holy. And I think it's, it's very interesting here too. I'm going to just, just as an aside, the slave's perception of the master, because he doesn't really know. He says, I knew you were a harsh man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. So he's blaming his fear. He's deflecting his fear on the master. And the master's like, oh, you knew, did you? And something that, that I think is unspoken but inferred here is that the slave isn't stopping to remember the source. Where did the seed come from that was scattered? Well, the master bought it. Or it was harvested from, you know, from previous um, plantings which were planted on the master's land. So where is the land? Who, to whom does the land belong to? The, so the source of all, all, all these things, the scattering of the seed, the reaping of the harvest, is in a sense the master. And the slave isn't thinking about that at all. He's like, you didn't do the action that I'm most familiar with, that I'm connected to, and so I don't see you as having part in the process but he's not looking far enough back the chain. And so, <coughs> excuse me, so too often do I think people do to God. They, and it talks about this in the Psalms all the time. The arrogant rests on like, oh, I'm smart. I'm self-made. I've made this money. Where did that talent come from? Where did that intelligence come from? Where did that opportunity come from? And I think it's particularly poignant in our culture today where we're whites, we're entitled whites of whom, like I'm an entitled white, I own that, yeah, and 
and I've been guilty of this too, but we say, oh no, I've earned everything that I have. I've earned the job that I've had. I earned the education that I have. Well, firstly, let's talk about how our race and racism in our country positioned us to have those opportunities to use our intelligence, to earn our positions, to go to college, you know, all of those things. And then let's go a step even further back and go to the source. Who is the source of all of our talents? God. Anything that we have in in us, any giftedness that we were born with, is sourced from God. And then we in our racist culture have given the opportunity for those God-given talents <laughs> to flourish. And yet we have not given it to others. We're, we're really like as if the slave who had invested the money and gotten more then ran off and bought his own land and, you know, and stole from the master. I feel like that's what we're doing when we when we trod on our siblings, when we participate in racist systems, we're stealing from God and from each other. And what does the master do in this case to the the slave who did not, who who acted out of fierce and scarcity? He doesn't invest anymore with him. And I think it's a pretty clear supposition or inference that the master would not invest anymore with the slave who stole from him, right? And so that brings me to our, our New Testament reading. which is this interesting analogy of the olive tree and and the grafted branches. I would say here that an important thing to notice is that the branches that are not bearing good fruit, the branches that are not thriving and holy are cut off and branches from elsewhere, outsiders, if you will, are grafted in. I think there's a couple of really important points here. One is that When something is not bearing good fruit, we need to cut it off and make space for something that will bear good fruit. I think that's the first point. I think that's very important. And then two is that fresh ideas from the outside are often needed to reinvigorate something that is dying. 
And I think that's the case of our churches today. I think that we have grown in a direction that is unholy. We have grown alongside of the and enmeshed with the unholy systems of our white patriarchal society. And we've got to cut that off and cut it out. We've got to get back to the roots of Christianity. And the roots of Christianity are Jesus. And Jesus's way was love. Jesus's way Well, you know what? We're not going to talk today about what Jesus's way was not, but Jesus's way is the way of love. Of equality. Of true justice, of God's justice. So we've got to cut out, like literally excise everything that is not of the roots of true Christianity. And there's so much that's calling itself Christian right now that is not, that is quite frankly, evil and unholy. We've got to cut that out and get back to the roots of Christianity. Or even, okay, I I could go like a long ways down there, but to stick to the point. And then we need to graft in that which is holy and is going to bear good fruit. And thus the church will be re-energized. And then just like the passage here says, if some of those old branches start to revive, if, if they're showing health again, they can be grafted back in. And this can all be made new. We can thrive together. We can grow together. But we've got to get rid of the diseased and unholy bits. We've got to get rid of the hatred. We've got to get rid of the racism. We've got to get rid of the sexism. We've got to get rid of the self-fulfilling white patriarchy. And I say that as a person who has been in some ways helped by it. You know, we pray in our prayer of confession, the sins done on my behalf. There, there are um, benefits that I have enjoyed in my life that come from this white patriarchy. Now, I've felt the brunt of it too. I've definitely felt the brunt of sexism. Shockingly so throughout my life. But also I've benefited from the racism in our culture. And it's time to cut that out. And circling back with the scarcity mentality, let's not be afraid of what happens when we make space for that which is true and holy and often is the outsider. Let us trust in God. Let us prayerfully and with the discernment of the Holy Spirit make sure 
that what we graft in after we've cut the deadness out isn't just a different type of disease. We've got to get back to that which is holy and truly Christ-like in ourselves, in our churches, in our organizations, in our culture at whole. We've got to be co-creators with Christ. Right, I guess I've got, I guess I've beat that one enough or pruned that one enough, however you want to put that. Thank you for being here with me this morning, my friends. I really appreciate you. Let us then use as our prayer for mission the prayer attributed to St. Francis. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood is to understand, to be loved is to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Dear God, I pray for us all that we may have your discernment to know that which has been taking up space within us and within the systems of which we are a part that is unholy, that is diseased. And may we have the courage of Christ to prune it out, to cut it and cast it. And may we have your holy discernment and your love with which to filter the decision about what to splice in. Let us get back to our roots, to the roots of early Christianity, to the roots of the followers who knew you personally, to the very divine which is within us that knows you personally because it is made from you personally. Let us graft in only which is that which is divine and holy and of you. And let us not cast aside anything that is holy. By your grace, let nothing be wasted. Let all of the effort and the tears and the prayer, the times when we walked alone and besieged in our integrity, following you the best that we could, let it all be redeemed. Let nothing be lost. Let us be restored forward into the people that you created us to be. That divine dream that you had of us when we were made by you. Inspire us. Plant within us the seed of that holy dream of that which you mean us to be. Let us go forward in faith, in love,
with grace, compassion, and holiness. In the holy name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved word made flesh, the incarnate Christ, that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to God from generation to generation in the church. And in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.